Welcome to Let's Get Bitchin', your go-to spot for movie wrap-ups, media reviews, and everything you didn't ask for but are getting anyway. What are you waiting for? Let's Get Bitchin'. Hello everybody and welcome to Let's Get Bitchin'. As always, I'm your host, Genesee Gabrielle, and this week we have uh, returning uh, one of our favorite guest hosts. Super surprising. Super surprising. She's really hard to get on the podcast, you know, I just have to struggle with her agent every single yeah. week. It's really hard. <laughs> It's really hard considering she doesn't like talking to me actually. So yeah, it's really difficult because I really don't like talking to her. I really don't like spending time with her. Um, and even though she's the keeper of my schedule on the weekends, <laughs> she never seems to um, schedule it in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know mm-hmm. when she means talking to my people, my agent, and she's <laughs> talking to the mirror. So I don't know how she keeps how why this keeps happening. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love how that came back to me to bite me in the ass. Um, you know, while that is a joke, you make an excellent point that uh, I have not been on my bullshit lately. I've been really shitty when it comes to uh, scheduling podcast episodes. If you follow us on Instagram, you saw last week that I posted an ep- an episode and then just didn't share it anywhere. And I was just like, this episode just doesn't get any publicity. Oops. <laughs> So I posted about it on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. It was about Dawson's Creek, if you uh, are interested. But anyway, I am slowly but surely getting my shit together. I've actually this week scheduled and recorded quite a few podcast episodes. So we're about to actually get back on like a Genesee Gabrielle schedule. It's going to be very exciting. I'm attempting to get on my, my marketing and content creation bullshit, but, like, let's be honest. You don't come to Genesee Gabrielle for good content. You come for, like, just kind of okay content. I come for good content. I, I don't think, think that's content. true. I think it's good content. You come for the old. The, the old? The whole? No, no, no. Yeah, I was trying to say you come for the lols, but I'm actually an old woman, so it didn't, it didn't work. I can. I was trying to be I cool, like the, the LOLs, according. Yes, yes. Everybody That's here true. comes for the LOLs, which that was a great example. Like, was that good content? No, but is it funny to laugh at Genesee Gabrielle being stupid? I hope so. A little bit. That's kind of what I'm banking on. I don't think you're stupid. You know what, babe? Self-deprecation is my brand. That's true. And you did sis- you did some of that really funny TikTok yesterday about the jokes about dead dads. That was, oh my gosh, that was, that was but, really funny. You should you should send you should t- tell that story. It's basically like, <laughs> um, it's this TikTok where it's this girl who's like, when you make a when you make a dead ja- dad joke in front of someone who has who you don't who you don't know well or no, has in front of your coworkers for the first time. time. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and then it's her being like, uh. Like, it has a song playing back. It, it was, did have a song. Oh Let's find it. Let's find it. Yeah. It was really good. I was, was really good, proud of myself. Like, it, I almost sent it to Becca, too, but I was like, I don't know if Becca no, and I, I are there. I was going to send it to Becca, but then I didn't know if you already had, so I didn't. <laughs> I'll send it to her it's later, really then. It's really a gamble. Okay, I Maybe I it. should send it to her. We could send it together. This is... <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's true. I did it. It is really good. That that really did happen to me at work recently, though. Like, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking to one of my coworkers. But not like one of the coworkers. It's one of the coworkers from the other side of the office, so I don't talk to very much. And I, like, I don't remember what the joke was. Maybe I was like, I was like, 
I probably made like a joke about being like going to my parents' house or my mom's house, you know, since he's dead. And I, just, I probably did something like that. Which like, we make like every like every single bad. day. Like we make yeah. it. It's bad. It's bad. It's but I, it helps you cope to get through it. It's, it does. I'm not saying it's the best healthiest way to cope with this. But I mean, it's the it way I have the reality. chosen to cope with it. It's the reality. It's not like. Yeah, I like, mean, at least you're not like one of those people who's like totally in denial that your dad's dead, and you're like, I'm going to visit my dad's favorite chair this week. Yeah, no, no, I save those for my therapist. No, I'm just um, no, but uh, you know, I made a few jokes last week actually because I was t- so for some reason it kept coming up that I like don't interact with men anymore. And um, the men that I do interact with have like very gender neutral names, and, and it was specifically. Oh, we forgot that our best friends are male. We both, we both, and we have two very like, very like cisgender male friends who claim to be heterosexual. Honestly, we think heterosexuality is a farce, so we'll just yeah. let them think whatever they think. They can have what they have. It's fine. <laughs> um. This is us flipping the script on heteronormativity, folks. <laughs> you don't like it? It makes you feel uncomfortable? Welcome to the club. This is how hey, the gays feel hey, all the time. Hey. But yeah. <clears throat> Anywho. Yeah. yeah, we both. Yeah, we totally forgot that both of our friends are cisgender But in men. our defense, we don't physically interact with them. Mm-hmm. But neither of our best friends we are live here. We our phone. So, yeah, I was yeah. like. Edgar lives straight up. He lives in this little box in my in my phone. Yeah. And uh, his gender is uh, amorphous. Phone. It's a blob. It's phone. It's, <laughs> his gender <laughs> is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> 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 this too could turn fast, folks. Um, although, so we're not here to talk about uh, our best friends. We are kind of here to talk about gender. Um, but I oh, I want to finish the story first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because so I was like, I what the what had happened is I kept in client meetings like messing up the names of men in their lives and i was like i like made up names guys like i just yeah (laughs) and they were like oh no their name is something totally different that starts with like a completely different letter on the opposite end of the alphabet and i'm like where the fuck did i get chad from all men are chads Chads or brads or brett take your pick and so and so I was like, you know, I really, and it happened multiple times and like with multiple different clients. And I was like, I'm sorry. I just, apparently men no longer exist. I've, mm-hmm. I don't interact with men to the point where I've just decided that they don't exist anymore. And, and I was like talking about it and I was like, I was like, you know, when I think about it, like the men that I interact with in my life are like my little brother, Arrow, mm-hmm. my dad, I just call him dad. And, like, I have two men who are named Jason. <laughs> yep. Those are the important men in my life. Yeah, my so you're either Arrow, dad. dad, or a Jason. And, of course, there's Taylor. But it's like you either have a gender-neutral name, like Arrow or Taylor, or you're a Jason, or you're dad. And then I was like, I was like, and my father-in-law's dead, so one less man to worry about remembering his name. Yeah, and that was probably the... That was probably the it actually male you talked land. to in person the most. Yeah, he would. He absolutely was. Yeah, I mean, Arrow would. Pro- I interact with Arrow probably the most. Yeah. Other than like T- Taylor and Arrow are probably the men that I interact with the most, but they're Which- also like far away. So yeah, I definitely, yes. I definitely interacted with your dad the most. And now we have to get a. Now we can't. Now we have to get a fucking Ouija board if we want to talk to him. <laughs> I wouldn't. I I don't know. We I don't do Ouija boards. Yeah, I don't this either. Is, this is me actively. I would probably non-endorsing with him through like tarot or something different. My dad probably would not like that. 
You guys didn't like Tarot? I mean, I know he no. didn't really like the witchy shit. No, my whole family. You, maybe now that he's in the afterlife, he'll be more open-minded. I don't think he would like that. I remember. Well, He'd come and rip your cards. Maybe he, maybe he has a nice lesbian witch friend up in heaven. You never know, babe. He had a lesbian friend here on Earth. Exactly. So maybe. Maybe. You see? I think yeah. that this is like a another next reason my dad wave was, of growth. <laughs> another reason my dad was really fucking cool. Yeah. Was that growing up when I was a kid in like the nineties, my dad's best friend was a butch lesbian named Betsy. Who had icons only. Who had like well it was her wife, but they weren't legally married because they, they couldn't do that. Yeah. Um but yeah, who a wife named Gloria. Mm. And yeah, that was his best friend when I was a kid and so like and it's really cool because, like, you know, you, I think I showed you a picture of her when we were looking through all the pictures of my dad for the funeral. Mm-hmm. One of the big hunting photos of them was she was in. Yeah. And she's just, she's just like, she's just one of, the, cool. one of the dudes. Very iconic. Love uh-huh. her. Yep. Um, I can relate. And as the new patriarch of the family, I can relate. I'm coming for you, Jason. I'm just kidding. I mean, who did um, my mom ask to turn the grill on? Yeah, Jason, suck it. Because Jason totally listens to my podcast. 100%. We'll find out now if he does. <laughs> I randomly get a text message. You know what, Tennessee? You can have the grill. <laughs> he's, he's like, I gave you that hat for nothing. <laughs> Give me a bat. He did. Oh, my gosh. The husband's looking out for the husbands, man. He... <laughs> Jason has this hat that's a Coca-Cola hat that is like absolutely has been my favorite forever. And um, one week I was like, last week I was, and every single time I see him in this hat, I'm like, Jason, I love your hat. And then Mm -hmm. last week I was like, Jason, I know I say this to you literally every time I see that hat, but I love your hat. And I swear I've asked him before if he can get me one of those hats because I'm obsessed with it. And last week he took the hat off of his head and was like, do you want it? And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) This isn't a joke. It wasn't a joke, guys. He gave me his hat. Now it's my hat. I'm so excited. (laughs) They were like, we have so many hats. (laughs) Amanda was like, please, we have like 50 of them. Because this is the first time we've asked in his house where he could go get another hat. Mm-hmm. If you want another hat. He totally did Where's leave the room hat? as soon as he took it off his head and got another hat. So I'm like, because that, that man wears hats all the time. I'll have to wear it today when we see them. Yeah. But anywho, what we're actually here to talk about today. Um, something completely different something and completely unrelated different to this. To hats. Um, uh-huh. So today, when this episode is airing, is what? August 30th? August 30th. Ah! And so something that is happening today, August 30th, if you didn't know, there's a hashtag for it. And let me find the hashtag so I know what to call it. Stand by, friends. Okay. Hashtag trans books 365. Mm -hmm. Um, So a trans author, um, Emery Emery Lee. Emery Lee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Emery Lee. Wow, my dyslexia really took over that word. I was like, Emily. Yeah, Emily. <laughs> Emily. With them pronouns, he, him, e, him. I'm not sure if I'm saying that the second part right, because I've, yeah. only, I've only ever read it. I've never. Right. I've, and I tried to look up online, but, I'm, but I could not find a definitive the way to how to pronunciation. say it. But, um, um, but yes, but he does use he, him, his pronouns as well. So mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll use those. Mm-hmm. Um. And you got his pronouns from Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have them listed on Instagram. Um, but yeah, so he posted be, in light of, you know, the resurgence of upset around uh, J.K. Rowling, um, mm-hmm. posted being like, hey, like on August 30th, can you like post about on whatever format you want um, your favorite trans authors and books mm-hmm. and, and like books highlighting trans characters because... 
um, there are authors out here doing it. Uh, there are trans authors who, like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Like, it's understandable to be upset about J.K. Rowling. But also, mm-hmm. like, why don't we put more of that energy into being happy and excited about mm-hmm. trans authors rather than, you know, giving a turf more spotlight? Yes, <laughs> I love it. And then, um, and I've followed Emery Lee on social media for quite a while. Um he one time retweeted one of my tweets and I was very excited. Um, and especially cause then, uh, because Emery Lee retweeted it, mm-hmm. Aiden Thomas, another Aiden Thomas. trans author who we love, mm-hmm. uh, liked that tweet and it was wonderful. Yes. And, um, yes, it was, it was a very big moment for me. And, uh, <laughs> I, I have, been a, even before I started reading their book mm-hmm. or his book, it um, I was a big fan of what like he was saying, the um, the like the conversations he engages in online, mm-hmm. and I believe I I feel like I may have I can't remember if I, I feel like I may have actually came across Emery Lee through something ADHD related, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's that actually where out. I where I found because I I found him prior to him having any published books. Mm. And since I have followed since I have followed him is when his book has came out. Got it. So yeah. Yes. Very fun. Very Big cool. Fan. Well, yes. So and it's funny because Naomi was reading a book and I was like, hey, I wanna do an episode about um trans authors for uh August thirtieth. And um isn't that isn't the author of the book that you're reading trans? And it turned out to be a book by Emery Lee. Yeah, it was the book that, um, <laughs> that um, Tennessee was already talking already talking about. Like already was well already was like thinking about because it was the author that was doing the thing that she. I didn't know that they were the same person. Yeah, they are. I didn't know they were the same person. So that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's it's really neat because Naomi has been reading. Um, the Meet Cute Diaries mm-hmm. by Emery Lee. And I have one of my favorite authors who also just so happens to be trans, Aiden Thomas, um, who has written two books I'm a big fan of. Um, and Naomi hasn't read the books. So we're going to mm-hmm. do kind of like a... Share and tell. Share, <laughs> share, share, share. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not bringing the book out. Well, I could. It's literally right over there, but... <laughs> we're going to basically be like chatting with the other one about the book and y'all get to listen to it. Yes. So, um... We're going to sandwich it since I brought two books and Naomi brought one. So I'm going to start with... I mean, um, I could bring a fourth. You could. But we don't have time for that because we spent like 15 minutes talking about us. Because, yes. Well, I, because we're yeah. adorable. And let's be honest. We all come here to hear uh, how adorable Genesee and Naomi are. Right? This is just one big, fat, right? queer episode. Yeah, it really is. You know, now that I think... I mean, most... I feel like a lot of our episodes are. Yes. Like, some more so than others. But, but the, like, I for the like most part... This one, though, there is no content... <laughs> In, That's true. Involving well, both both authors and main characters of all of the books that we were talking about, there are trans and um, uh, and Latinx or other representation. One of, of the books by Aiden Thomas actually does not highlight queer characters. What? Yeah, it's actually really interesting. I'm, I'm I guess I haven't. About it. Yeah, I don't know much about it. the other books. So. Yes. Okay. So well, we've been both story authors. Time. Yeah. We're gonna get started. Okay. So, um. Aiden Thomas, 
your sister, Becca, mm-hmm. um, which is basically where I get like most of my book recommendations in one way or another. Like mm-hmm. I don't try to, it just happens. Becca's just like, you need to read this. And I'm like, all right, bully me. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and but she also she has phenomenal book rep- uh, uh, recommendations. So whenever she recommends something to me, I know I'm going to love it. Yeah. It's because Becca reads books at a pace in which yeah. is unparalleled to either of our existence. Yeah. Like it's insane. Like she watches, she reads books the way I watch TV and movies. Like yeah, she can, she I can... like down a TV show in a night and she's read like a whole book. Becca's like, or she'll like, she'll be like, yeah, I'm reading a book. And then she'll be like, I'm done. And I'm like, didn't you just start? She's like, yeah, I finished it. And I'm like, how? <laughs> like we've been sitting here for five minutes. How did... I literally just ate a meal and you finished a book. How Basically. did this happen? Basically. But, um, she texted me one day and was like, Genesee, you have to check out Aiden Thomas. Like, I finished, I read their book Cemetery Boys recently, and um, it features, like, a Cuban character, and he's, a like, a trans-Cuban author who lives in Portland. And she was like, it's all of your favorite things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's Cuban. It um, has, it's, I love, like, local art authors and mm-hmm. artists and, like, supporting local authors and artists. And, um, I love like different forms of queer representation. And also the book takes place in LA. Um, but I'm going to talk about that book in a little bit because I, then I was like, I was like, Oh, Aiden Thomas, let me look into him a little bit. And so I followed him on Instagram and he was promoting his second book, um, which is lost in the Neverwoods. And, um, I knew like a little bit about him and I was, and so I was like super excited about Lost in the Neverwoods. I was like, oh, what is this? Like, I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. So I got it like as soon as it came out and I went to Powell's and got a signed copy because I'm a whore. And, um, I was reading it and I expected because he was a trans author, I expected there to be like a trans main character. Right. And, um, there wasn't. And so I like kept waiting for it and it didn't come, <laughs> but what, did come was just like absolutely beautiful kind of like in like i don't know you could call it fan fiction if you wanted to our interpretation of um the peter pan fairy tales and it's gonna be it's kind of hard for me to talk about it without giving away spoilers because what makes what made the book so interesting to me was the kind of like point where the story like unravels and you understand like what's been happening the whole mm-hmm. time. Um, but I can't share that without giving away major fucking spoilers. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe it's one of those things that like people reading it could read it and be like, oh, yeah, I saw this coming the whole time. But like I read it and was like, holy that's what was happening this whole time like i knew something was happening and i was like trying to like tug my brain strings but they weren't being tugged they were like they were just they Mm -hmm. were just following along with the story um but it's it's really neat it takes place in astoria oregon and it follows um a young girl named wendy um surprise who like just turned 18 and um she like she's like driving down the road on her 18th birthday feeling like shit because she has hashtag trauma and um a like a boy like falls out of the sky onto her windshield yeah i know Don't right like that. <laughs> well so spoiler alert not really a spoiler like you could probably guess the boy is peter pan um what yeah and so and then so it like becomes this like journey of her like 
like figuring out some things about her traumatic past and also like she feels very very pulled to peter um but like can't figure out why and he seems like so familiar to her and Mm -hmm. she doesn't know why um and you can imagine like there it is it is very much like i mean it's, it's based on the the fairy tale peter pan and i actually got because of this book i bought a copy of peter pan because i was reading it and i was like is this what peter pan was actually about i well obviously not like the being in astoria oregon and all of that stuff but like there were elements of the story where i was like i'm really curious if aiden thomas was like, like what he was what he was taking from it or yeah and what he was making up on his own and i could absolutely believe that like he made up a really good portion like he was using the story of peter pan to process some things in himself and that's really what it feels like when you're reading it i was looking up peter pan just on my phone real quick and the option Did that lost came- in the neverwoods come out no peter pan market and deli in astoria oregon came up <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that's so funny and it's you know it's something so cool and something that i really love about like newer authors is that um the interaction that they're providing outside of their books is oh. is like high key not just like in terms of like online interaction but like when he published lost in the neverwoods he posted like there's a there's a tree in it like a very iconic mm-hmm. tree that's a very important part of the story and it's based off of an actual tree on a hiking trail in Astoria, Oregon. And so he, like, shared, Shit. like, now how we you hike, can... don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. Fuck you, Aiden Thomas. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love we you. We love Aiden Thomas. Wait, did you tell the story? I didn't tell the story. <laughs> okay. So, story time. Um, Things are about to get gayer. <laughs> If you didn't think they could, they always can. Mm-hmm. Um, so last and weekend, well. we went to a Thorns game, which is like top 10 gayest things you can do in Portland, Oregon. Yes. Because um, it was uh, the world champion. It was the, the world championship. It was, yeah, the Women's International Championship Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were playing up against France's team. And um, we won. The Thorns won. Hell yeah. By the did. way, it was awesome. Um, and it was, it was a really great. Game. It was really cool. And I went to the bathroom, um, during, uh, halftime and, um, as I was coming back, I saw someone like take down their mask for a second and like take a sip of, of, of their drink. And I was looking at them right at the second when they, when they took their mask off and I was like, holy shit, that guy looks like Aiden Thomas. And I was, like, by myself, so I couldn't ask Babe and be like, hey, doesn't that look like fucking Aiden Thomas? And so I was, like, walking back to my seat, and I was like, I'm going to have to tell Babe I really think I just saw Aiden Thomas. And then I was like, wait, hold up a fucking second. Why don't I just go ask the guy if he's Aiden Thomas? And, which I didn't use his full name because I feel like that alarms people, you know? <laughs> like, like Melissa comes on the podcast, and I really had to stop calling her by her full first name. Because I, when I when I talk about Melissa, I usually call her Melissa Fabello. <laughs> oh my gosh! I've gotten better about it now that that I like actually know her, and she's not just like a person on the internet. But like, but it also like I do go by Genesee Gabrielle, so I don't know names are. But weird. It'd be like if someone's like Genesee Gabrielle Burkett. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But I think the two names is like. Yeah, actually, Genesee Gabrielle would formal. be a little more because nobody in your personal life really calls you Genesee no. Gabrielle. Mm-hmm. Only someone who like only knew you online would call you Genesee Gabrielle. Yeah, I do think that would be pretty cool though. If yeah. if you see me in the wild, please call me Genesee Gabrielle. Okay, I'll do that next time I lose <laughs> you, to Fred Meyer. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Genesee, Genesee Gabrielle, where are you? Genesee Gabrielle of Let's Get Bitchin' and Genesee Gabrielle Consulting, please come to the front of the store. <laughs> <laughs> But 
anywho, so so I turn around and I'm like, I'm gonna go ask this person. And um I was like, Hey, your name wouldn't happen to be Aiden, would it? And he was he like looked kind of confused. He was like, Yeah, it is. And his friends were all like around him looking kind of confused too. And I was like, I love your books. And I it was so funny because I didn't think about what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was just like I, I feel like we always think that we're going to act super cool when we meet famous people or like cool people or whatever. Nope, that doesn't we happen. never do. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Um, it's never happened that way for it's me. Never <laughs> happened that way. I will say, I think I handled it like relatively well, but I had absolutely yeah. no chill. I was shaking. I was like, I was losing my shit. Um, but. Yeah, so it was fucking Aiden Thomas, guys. We met Aiden Thomas at a Thorns game. And so then I was chatting with him. I was like, oh, my gosh, my fans is going to lose her shit. And he's like, oh, where, where is she? And I was like, oh, she's right over there at our seats. And he was like, well, let's go let's go find her. Let's go talk to her. And I was like, Aiden Thomas, you're going to make me cry. You're so sweet and thoughtful. And it literally, literally all he had to do was, like, talk to me and be nice. And he, like, took a picture with us. And it was, like, so fucking yeah, sweet. Yeah, because he, like, followed Genesee back down yeah. to our seats. And, like, they were and at the aisle, and I heard, like, babe. And I was, like, I literally was, like, who the fuck did she find? So I was, like, why would she be calling me from over there? And I turned around, and I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, shit, that's Aiden Thomas. Because, well, Aiden Thomas has a immac- immaculate skin. And I, don't, I, I have thought that every time I've looked at his fucking Instagram really does, or Twitter, yeah. I'm, like, his skin is so smooth <laughs> and pretty. And when, it and is when, no, no, when, when, person, yeah. when she was, like, babe, I turned around, and I was, like, that skin. I was like, it's so nice. <laughs> and so I went over and she was like, babe, it's Aiden Thomas. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I, I did say that. Oh my God. Literally, like, she got closer to us and I was like, I was like, it's Aiden Thomas. And he was just like standing there next to me, this poor man. But yeah. As so- we're like losing our shit with like the probably the stupidest fucking grins on our face. And like, <laughs> but it was all behind masks. So yeah. it's okay. You didn't get to see our stupid grins. Um, but yeah, and then that night, babe, uh, like, posted on Twitter and tagged him and was like, we met Aiden Thomas. And um, he, he, not only did he respond to her tweet. Multiple times. Like, multiple like times. Forth. Yeah. He didn't respond to my tweets, but it's okay because I never post to Twitter, so I don't think Twitter thinks I'm an actual person. And I tweeted at him multiple times. Yeah. Uh, and, but he, like, posted about like the game and tagged us in his post about the game. We were an important part of his Thorns experience. Yes, and then when he shared it to Instagram, <laughs> he didn't tag us in it because in our defense we hadn't posted anything about it. I think it, it auto But he shared. did no because it switched to our names. It did not say. No, I think yeah, either I, way. I think that he like did the share from Twitter. Yeah, no, I'm saying something when he. But when he went over to our, yeah. um, he still put our names in it though. Yeah. He still said like Naomi and Genesee. I know, but I think that Twitter did that. I don't think so. Because if you share from Twitter to Instagram, it doesn't change the handles. Mm. I don't believe it does. I know if you go from Instagram to Facebook, it does not. It leaves the handles in there and you have to go take it out. Right. Which, so, I mean, he... Because when you... um, If you're on Twitter, I think, and when you go to share, it, like, pops it up in a new bubble mm. type thing, I believe. Anyway, it was very I, exciting. Yes. Um, And Naomi really loves being recognized by authors on Twitter. It's a hobby of mine. (laughs) It's bad. It's how I get validation, and it's like the only reason I keep public Insta, like public social medias, is so I can like tweet at celebrities and hope I get a response. Mm -hmm. And it is just, it's just a fun high, you know. I used to tweet at people from Glee all the time. I used Mm -hmm. to tweet all the warblers Mm -hmm. from Glee, and I got responses from like a from like a chunk of them. And I was like, I love that for me. 
or like I used to tweet at the fashion designer Christian Siriano all the time before mm. he got before he got really famous and he would mm. like my tweets sometimes because mm. I would just be like I love Christian Siriano and just like go on and, you know, and just how like I like being validated so do celebrities they love that's it true. so do authors so do other people they like when people like their things yeah that's fair so it makes sense that they it's would it's a really reciprocatory relationship but yeah we it's, it's, um, it's we both get something out of this but yeah so Lost in the Neverwoods um while it is not like explicitly a, a queer story, there is definitely a lot in it about mm-hmm. like like the loss of innocence and like unpacking trauma and like kind of like realizing what's important to you. Um and it's it's a really like I think it's an absolutely beautiful story that is like kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But like in a really pretty way, <laughs> you know, it's very yeah. much, it's very much the type of thing that I would like. Like, it's very much, I actually don't know how you would feel about it, babe, because sometimes I think the sadder endings are like not your favorite. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like a sad, sad ending, but it's like, it's definitely sad, but with mm-hmm. like, like, a, oh, like, like, mm-hmm. oh, but that's sweet sort of a thing, you know? Yeah, I'm not necessarily mad at sad endings, but when sad endings are unsatisfying, which I feel like a mm. lot of movies do that, where they try yeah. to leave you on a cliffhanger to figure... I'm like, no. <laughs> do not do that to me. I, I don't want to have to think. Well, or, like, I didn't go... I didn't invest all this time to just be left on the end. So, True. like, if a sad ending is, like is like satisfying i'm okay with it which actually though isn't always true la la land technically had a satisfying ending but la la land is my least favorite i never movie finished of. that movie don't finish it <laughs> it's not worth it i hate that movie so much I, we could yeah. do a whole podcast just about how much i hate la la land <laughs> and um i still would have more to say i love it i hate it um, um city of stars is fun that's not one song is okay mm. um but i do not need to watch another movie about a white person thinking they're saving jazz Hmm. Sorry, and the only sorry, and the only black person who they have in there is John Legend, who is kind of villainized a little bit because he he kind of like, he well, kind of like he sells out a little bit to like. Oh my gosh, that's not fun. Um, I mean, we be, love John Legend. Yeah, and why they put someone who can sing into a movie with other people who can't sing to remind you that those people can't sing? John Legend is the man. I know, and then he sings wonderfully and beautifully, and then you're like, wait, 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 wait. These other people cannot sing at all. Yeah, they had to put someone yeah. in there to remind you. Yeah, right. I did not. Um, take take my opinion with a grain of salt because I haven't watched that movie anyway. since it was in theaters. But I did not appreciate the fact that it was a white person trying to save jazz. I just don't think I, I just valid. don't think that's uh, needed. That's I honestly can barely remember the parts of the movie I did watch, yeah, so I don't have stupid. anything to add. So, um, but yeah, I I'd say I felt it was a really satisfying sad ending, and and I also I love I don't just love like the sad endings because we talk about here on all the time about how I love sad shit. It's not that it's actually a sad book. What it really provides is it provides like i love 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 books that are able to talk about real shit in Mm -hmm. real ways that are also like beautiful you know like i don't want a book that's like just sad like i don't want you to just write a sad book for the right of for like the sake of writing something sad i want you to write like an experience about someone falling in love and not getting to have that love because they had to prioritize them like their dreams and themselves or like they loved them but the relationship wasn't healthy so they had to move on and there's this i think it's because there's this fine balance between like 
sad and that like perpetual circle jerk that goes around mm-hmm. with people like being like sad feel sad for me i'm sad you're sad right. like, and and discussing trauma and tragic experiences yes. in a meaningful way yeah. and i feel like a lot of younger current authors are really honing in that yeah. and i think it is something that is so beautiful and especially it's coming into like younger audience books mm-hmm. which i feel like young adult books are you are in many ways ahead of a lot of other books because right. they I feel like they write in the, such a more accessible way yeah. and there's a lot less gatekeeping mm-hmm. I think too well that's a lie there's not less gatekeeping because I think in the publishing right. side of it but I mean like their books are so accessible and the fact that they're so readable and enjoyable yeah and they give you um but there is something very powerful and meaningful within there because they are telling these very important stories that are um that are being like mass produced for all these people to read. And I think that is so powerful. And that's something about Aiden Thomas specifically is that he is a young adult author. Yeah. Both of his books are young adult and they are very accessible, but they're also talking about super real shit. Like Mm -hmm. into the Neverwoods is talking about trauma. It's talking about like denying a trauma, realizing a trauma, healing from that. Like, it's talking about so much real shit that kids are dealing with. Yeah. Young adults are dealing with. Adults are dealing with this shit. And, like, he's writing it in a way mm-hmm. that is super accessible to people of, like, all different age groups. Honestly, like, I could see, like, like 12 or 13-year-olds, like, if they're if they're reading books. I wasn't at 12 or 13, but, like, if you're a 12 or 13-year-old that reads books, like... Some 12 or 13-year-olds do read books some, just because neither of us were. Right. 12 some do. Some do. Like, I'm thinking of my friend Hannah. Like, when we were, like, when, when we were, like, 13, 14, she was reading all sorts of books all the time. She could have gotten into this shit hard. Like, like mm-hmm. young people who, if, if you are reading, like, it's not... They're not hard books to read. They're mm-hmm. not, like... The way that he's presenting these concepts is it's not just relatable. It is truly what you're talking about. Accessible. Like it's yeah, I think it's I don't even know if he uses the word trauma. And if he does, he's like explaining it in a way that's like, yeah, it's there. And I think, you know, not to go too far of a tangent, you know, when you said that, you know, these books, that that particular book isn't like centered around queer characters or a Mm -hmm. queer story. I think there is something though to say when like non queer stories are written by queer people, yes, and trans people because there is a I feel like there is a unique experience mm-hmm. and of people who are queer or you know however they identify or whatever, there there is something unique to that yeah. because there is a unique experience that you go through and then also to add on because that author is an author of color yeah there is something beyond that as well where they have a unique experience where even if they're not writing that ex that exact experience into their story it is going to nav it's going to shift the way they navigate those stories though and the way that they've experienced life and so i think even when you know like even just how you know there's always that like old joke i always go back to this because i think it's such a perfect example of how how like you know you grow up and you're like oh all of my friends in high school ended up being gay but none of us (laughs) were gay and then but then it's okay and it's Literally. because you all know something and like intrinsically something is there. Yeah. You can like, you sense that you have the same thing or it's like how you could say the same thing about how like, you know, a lot of kids who have similar trauma experiences yes. end up being friends, even that if they don't the necessarily talk about it. Yeah. And it's like, it's because, you know, the whole like, you know, that phrase, you know, birds of the feather flock together where yeah. it's like, even if you're not talking about it, there is some it's sort there. there's a kinship there. There's something connecting there. Yeah. And where it's almost like you don't have to explain yourself to them. Right. They get it. I think those and are both, like, amazing points. Like, one, like, 
it could be a queer story. Like, because, like, not everybody knows they're queer their entire lives, you yeah. know? And I think that that's, like, you know, I I have an episode coming up in a few weeks that I recorded this mm -hmm. week with Melissa Fabello. And um, we talked about, like, all sorts of different things about coming out. And I think that that's a really interesting perspective is, like, mm -hmm. I'm not... I mean, like, you didn't exactly say this, but, like, the idea of, like, a queer story being, like, before the coming out. Yeah. You know? Like, it did, that character doesn't have to be queer, but they could be. You well, know? Like, that that's a possibility. Yeah. And I think that there's, like, um... Because that's how real people exist. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, like... You know, I think... I'm, like, I think my life's an easy example. Because I grew up um, going to a very... Um, conservative, like you could basically say almost fundamentalist church. It was an evangelical yeah. church. It was very, very conservative. And while my parents didn't necessarily like enforce a lot of those rules onto me as a child, like it wasn't like my parents were like, you can't, my parents were like, my mom would like get flack from other moms from like, Harry Potter. Like that's right. the, like, you know, my parents are a lot more chill yeah. than, um, than a lot of them, but that still was something I was taking in a lot as yeah. a kid. And I, that added those attitudes and it definitely me being queer was something I knew as a child, right? But like, did not interact with, and it navigated how I changed the way my yeah. life changed because I really like instead of being like, oh, let's explore this, I doubled down, right, onto like the religious side of it and yeah. really tried to like deny all of that from me, yeah. and so I was living, and unfortunately, that is a very common queer story, right? It is people, super. It's super. Yeah. It's not like I don't want to say it's a like it's not because you know my experience is unique to me, but right. that theme of what happened in my life is not is not at all unique, unique. yeah and i think that's I and mean, i think that's where you know you could say a lot about different books and different stories is because even if someone's you know not queer yeah explicitly queer in something that doesn't mean that that's not in doesn't mean that I didn't drive what i did like my whole life because right. it did yeah i also think like you talked you were talking about um the idea of like all sorts of different types of stories mm -hmm. being written by diverse authors, right? Yes. So, like, in this case, so we're talking about a trans-Cuban author writing a book about the perspective of um, a white, like, seemingly straight young woman. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really beautiful because, like I mentioned with that episode that where Melissa and I were chatting, we were talking about it being so frustrating because we want queer representation, right? Mm -hmm. We want story like, queer stories told by queer like writers and actors and all of this stuff but at the same time we don't want those creators to be pigeon held yeah. into like only telling queer stories which i fucking fell into that trap i mean i started this off saying how like i was i was going into aiden thomas's book like reading uh lost in the neverwoods and i expected it yeah. to be about a trans character right because i just expected oh yeah a trans author is going to write about a trans character and i think that it's really beautiful because we've been for like forever for for time we've been yeah. expecting like primarily white cis men to be writing all of the stories that we read about right yeah we're reading about them writing about women about queer characters mm -hmm. about um people of color and we take those stories in and we're like, oh, look yes. at this amazing story. But then the second that a person of color wants to write a story about a white person, it's like, oh, well, why aren't, aren't you writing about yes. your experience? Oh. Now, fuck that. Okay, I want to see if I can find this quote that I saw earlier today that I feel like kind of fits in with what we're talking about. 
Let me see if I can find it. Give me a quote, baby. Give it to me. It. <laughs> um. Okay, so it's a quote that um, it's from Brene Brown, who is a very like famous, per- you know. If, look her up if you haven't. She's wonderful. I love her stuff. Like it's basically like every group therapy I've ever done has been like Brene Brown. You should <laughs> yes. Um, is in order to empathize with someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it, and not how you imagine their experience to be. Oh, can you send me that? Yes, that's and, amazing. And I think that that's a that really good. Sense. I think that's a really good quote to think about when you yeah. think about people telling like stories about things like you know yeah. like you have to be willing to believe queer people's experiences and stories right. and people of color's um, experiences and stories without without filtering it through how I think it should be right or how because our experiences are going to be and, so vastly different uh, yeah and I think the the like the poignant part there is like if we're saying we want like queer stories from queer authors we want like trans stories from trans authors that doesn't have to be a story about a trans person Mm-mm. it's just it's whatever story that trans author wants, wants to, to tell. tell yeah um fuck babe that's that's great i love that that's like i was like i knew i'd I seen love that that is the point that is the post that yes. is the tweet yes I'd, I'd seen that i'd seen that quote a couple times and i'm trying i I, I think I just felt like yesterday, but I couldn't remember which social media I found it on, so I didn't know where to look. Right. So I was just like, I was just like searching stuff, being like, being like. Yeah, we did pause it for like yeah. five minutes. But yeah, I found it. Wow, love that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, that's how I feel about Lost in the Neverwoods by Aiden Thomas. It's a phenomenal book. Um, yes. I really think I love like. It's so funny because we we joke a lot about how I don't read fan fiction. But, like, I probably should. I would probably, like... Yes, I, the, and... thing, the thing about fan fiction is that, like, my exposure to most of it has been... Like, I don't... I just don't really like the way a lot of it's written. Uh, I also don't like how invasive some of it can be. Yeah. Right? I don't like that at all. Um, I've talked... I feel like I've talked a lot on here about how I really don't like the like super obsession with famous people and i feel like a lot of fan fiction is about Mm -hmm. that um well i think uh, some is but i don't think all of it is i think some of it's about characters which i mean i'm guilty of getting obsessed with characters yeah well i think also um what necessarily gets popular with something is not necessarily what its main thing is about Because there's a lot of really big authors who that's where they got their start. Right. The Immortal Instruments by Cassandra Clare. Cassandra Clare started writing doing fan fiction. She was excommunicated from the fan fiction community because of stuff she did in it. But Mm. she is now a worldwide best-selling author with so many fucking books you can't even count them. Um, We have one up there somewhere over here that's autographed. I've never read any of her books and she clocked me for it when I met her. (laughs) It was really weird. Um... (laughs) Well, because I, I went, because I took my sister, because Becca fucking loves her, mm-hmm. and she was doing a book signing, so I took her, I and yeah, and then the, uh, and then I was like, oh yeah, my students really love your books, too, and she was like, have you read them? And I was like, no. Oh but my also, God. in my defense, I don't like reading things that are big series, because I cannot commit to reading yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. It's the same I way, it's the same thing how, like, I have a hard time watching TV shows that are long, because I can't commit to do, engaging right. with something that long, right. and so I tend to, like, stand alone, maybe trilogies. Yeah. Right, whereas I'm like, there's only one book that's not enough. Yeah, where you're like, I'll take twelve thousand, please. And so it's not surprising that I I'm like, haven't Maggie read them. Maggie Stepfather, do you want to do another spinoff series after the Dreamers cycle? I would put <laughs> you, I would put money on Maggie Stepfather, getting her writing on fan fiction and Aiden Thomas. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, and well, we all know Casey McQuiston. Yes, has. yes, yeah, and I'm 100%. and I'm and uh, Emery Lee ha- had to have been a fan fiction author, yeah, and I think, absolutely. and that, I don't say it in a bad way because as someone who read fan fiction um, quite a bit when they were younger, I, um, it's just the way they write, and it's I think it, I, I quite enjoy it, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to argue right. at all about it. But I think there is like a certain way that a lot of them write, a lot of people who have written fan fiction, and but I also think that they write it in a way that's so much more likable. Right. Like, their books are I get that. stuff. That's how I feel about, I mean, Casey McQuestion, you can feel that throughout her books, like, just big time. It's very, like. Or, and I've been, like, I used to, I kind of, like, trying to deconstruct how I, you know, fan fiction when I was, when I was younger was very, like, taboo. Whereas now it's right. very, it's like, yeah. it's much more mainstream. Yeah. And it's much more talked about. And part of, um, one of the things I, like thinking about of being like well the whole entire renaissance was basically just right. bible fan fiction so i don't know why <laughs> or like I, I also think like the older i get like how i feel about fan fiction is also how i feel about just like the idea of like careers and like passions and everything in general like we talk about this a lot in terms of like actors like writing books and like doing stuff i really don't give a shit because like okay, like, I have so many passions and yeah. so many interests. Like, if I really just stuck to one thing, I would be very boring, and I would be yeah. bored. I wouldn't, I would be very bored. Mm-hmm. Like, I have so many interests that I, like, commit my time to, and how could I expect, like, anyone in any other career to not want to do that, too? Like, okay, just because you're an actor, and I feel some sort of, like, I don't know, like, entitlement to your time and your efforts and your energy and who you are and your brand what you can't write a fucking book i don't fucking care write a fucking book aubrey plaza's writing a book will i read it i probably not because like i don't know if like i don't i don't really know what the book is about and i don't know that like it's something that would interest me yeah but i absolutely support her trying like whatever she wants to try like that's i think that's great and I, I agree. Think that, that like that's how I feel about fan fiction too. Is that like if it makes you happy? There, well, yeah, if it makes you happy, and there are so many different ways to pursue your passion, yes, and to like pursue a career or whatever. And if you get your start in fan fiction, or if you if it's not your quote unquote start, and it's just what you want to do with your time, and you're just writing fan fiction Go to like it. be on Wattpad and have fun, like fuck it, why the hell not? Like I think that's great, mm-hmm. and I think that like that should become it is becoming more legitimate, and it should, yeah. Um, yeah, whether it's something you want to pursue professionally or something you want to do as a hobby, like yeah. pursue your interests. And like, for me, that really stems from like the idea, like I've been deconstructing a lot, like the idea of like, when I was like a teenager, when I was in high school, I had this idea that I needed to decide what my career was going to be. And I needed to go to college to get a degree that would help me pursue that career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did that. And then I was like, oh, well, my, my career idea has refined a bit. I'm going to need a master's to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then I got my master's and then I graduated with my master's and I was like, well, fuck, I didn't really want to do that after all. (laughs) And um, like what I wanted to do was very different. And I probably didn't need a master's at that point to do it, Mm -hmm. um, to do what I'm doing now. Like, sure, there are things in it that help me and I guess it might help my credibility a little bit. But like I, I really wish that like like thinking about writing specifically, like you don't have to go to college and get an English degree Mm-mm. to become a writer. Honestly, you'll probably hate yourself because English majors are kind of insufferable. You'll probably hate everyone around you. Your teachers are going to be assholes, like giving you yeah. tough love and like giving you a hard ass motherfucking time to make you a quote unquote better writer. Oh, me being an asshole to you is going to make you a better writer. It's you're going to handle the, yeah. the criticisms from your audience better if I'm mean to you. Fuck you, professor. 
professor so and so. I know. Go to hell. It's such a hard experience with that because, like, I didn't go to college for writing or English, but I was like. You were a comm major. You were the cousin of the English major. And I was also just shy of an English minor mm. and I chose not to do it because I didn't want to do a linguistics class with a professor I didn't like because they're terrible um she was the communication professor though she was not the English professor my um, my English and writing professor when yeah. I was at Warner Pacific is probably hands down one of the best professors I've ever had yeah. um shout out to Pam Plimpton um if you're listening you were <laughs> awesome you made that college experience possible and that's not but, to um, say that all English no. majors or oh. all English teachers but suck like, I had a writing teacher in community everywhere. college who back then I was like oh he was really cool Mm-hmm. And looking back, I'm like, he was such an ass. A lot of them are He asses. was such an asshole. And I was a political science and, major, so like, we so had you, assholes, too. They were all assholes. And um, actually, cross- a lot of my teachers were really, really nice. Yeah. Surprisingly. It's that just, doesn't make sense. Well, I was like the men in political science oh, assholes. Oh, the, the um, people in my class? Horrible. Absolute fucking worst. Yeah. Honestly, no. they all, there is a special circle of hell deserved for the men in that, those classes. Yes, 100%. 100%. And um, I think... But yeah, I think that there's, um, I, I just think that the other, sh- I think with fan fiction, it's a really unique way of, um, you know, people pursuing their passion. And I know that there's a lot of things about where like people try to take, I know there's a lot of conversation where people are kind of like mad because the fan fiction that has gotten very publicly famous are ones that are not very good. Right. And that within the fan fiction community are not seen as good examples of fan fiction or, right. or they're like. The ones that are Fifty Shades of Grey after, which they're both. Oh my God, after. They were both. Uh You know, I'd never read either of those as fan fictions. I haven't either. Um, And I have no one. Well, I I would guess now they probably aren't available. I might read after and I might hate myself. Please don't. Um, But the. um, And so I think there's, you know, some people are like, why do those have to be the ones that got famous? Because I'm sure there are tons of other books that started as fan fiction that got changed. Right. But just. you know, haven't gotten that notoriety or that like thing where Fifty Shades of Grey at first wasn't necessarily people didn't necessarily always know that, right? Because fan fiction was the mainstream. But I like, after everyone fucking knew, it. I had no idea after it was fan fiction until Naomi was. It was actually really funny because she Cause was, was telling l- me about something that was Harry Styles fan fiction, and then it turned out to be the movie that I had been watching. Yeah, I was and, like, like we, it took us a moment to realize. And it. then I was like, babe, Harden. His name is Harden. Yeah. I was like, but, I, and then I was so he upset ha- because. He has I, the same tattoos as Harry Styles in the movie. Well, why would I know that? But I fundamentally don't understand fan fiction, if we're being totally honest. So I was sitting here and I was like, but the character Harden is nothing like Harry Styles. Harden is a alternate, fucking asshole. Alternate universe, He's not babe. famous. He's not a singer. Harden doesn't even sing. And also, though, that was a, vi- the, the, <laughs> the trope used in that movie about Harry Styles right. is a very common Harry Styles trope That's, in, in a certain era of fan fiction. I can't. I, Anywho. I am publicly I admitting I've read Harry Styles fan fiction. <laughs> I have not in many... I haven't read fan fiction in probably close to five <laughs> years. But at one time I did read Harry Styles fan fiction. I never read that particular one. But I can say that that probably isn't... Like, when I heard about it, I was like, yeah, that falls okay. into well, what I... we do need to yes. get back yes, to we do. our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks for sticking with us, folks. Uh, babe, tell us about Meet Cute Diaries. Okay, so yes, I am currently reading Meet Cute Diaries by Emery Lee, and it probably, so far, is one of my favorite books I have read 
in a really long time. Oh my gosh. It has been so wonderful. I'm going to bring up someone else's. Uh, I'm so excited to read it. You definitely should. Um, I'm going to read someone else's synopsis of the book because I. Um, because of my uh, learning disabilities, I cannot concisely uh, explain things. So, and I have a very hard time pulling out, you know, people are like the central theme. Right. I'm like, but it's all important. So why shouldn't I tell you every detail of the whole thing? And so I'm just going to go to like Goodreads and read what they put in as the Good plan. Good plan. As the thing. Except for I'm going to skip the part where they compare it to other books because books should be able to stand on their fucking own That's without fair. being compared to other famous books. That's true. Um, but it's a swoon-worthy, heartfelt rom-com about how a transgender teen's first love challenges his idea of perfect relationship. Noah Ramirez thinks he's an expert on romance. He has to be, he has to be for his pop, popular blog, The Meet Cute Diaries, a collection of trans happy, happily ever afters. There's just one problem. All of the stories are fake. What started as fantasies of a trans boy afraid to step out of the closet has grown into a beacon of hope for trans readers across the globe. When a troll exposes the blog as fiction, Noah's world unravels. The only way the diary is to or the only way to save the diary is to convince everyone that the stories are true, but he doesn't have any proof. Then Drew walks into Noah's life and all the pieces fall into place. Drew is willing to fake date Noah to save the diary, but then Noah's feelings grow beyond their stage romance. He realizes that dating isn't oh in real God. life isn't quite the same as falling in love on the page. In this charming novel by Emery Lee, Noah will have to choose between following his own rules for love or discovering that the most romantic endings are the ones that go off script. Oh my God, I love that. Oh, and it is every bit as like fun and enjoyable as that description sounds. I love a like fake dating trope. Like, oh, we have to pretend to date. Yeah, trope. no, it's it's. And we talked. We when Sierra came on to talk about to all the boys, like we talked about that. That yes. is such a fun trope because it's like that never happens. Yeah, literally, no one has ever done that. I'm sure. So, I mean, well, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I'm sure Harry Styles has done it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, the yeah, it's just like one. One of the things I love so far, like one of the things I well, first yeah, Emery Leash, he's the one who's doing the um, trans books three. Yes. Um, three six five. Three six five, and because he, loving I, off loving books by trans authors yeah. is not like secluded to a certain and, month or a certain day or whatever. Yeah, we do it all year round. Well, I think one of the things that I really appreciate about this story is that it is so fun. Yeah, it is so like that sounds adorable. It's I'm so, so enjoyable. It like it's it. so enjoyable. It's yeah. like it feels very. Like, I read it, and I was, like, getting giddy. Mm -hmm. Like, where you could, like, feel what that, like, character is feeling, where you're, like, getting almost those butterflies with the yeah. character, which I feel like, we as love. an adult reading young adult books, I don't always get that, mm -hmm. because, like, I love young adult books. They're probably my most read genre of books. That, and, like, I have a really weird, like, love for middle reader books, because one day I want to write a middle reader book, which is basically just, like, the younger sibling of young adult books. Mm -hmm. But, um, the... 
but I think that it's like I don't I I've read probably like oh like I would not even say it'd be it's probably hundreds of young adult books and this is probably one of the like most enjoyable books that I have read it is so lovely it is so fun and I think it also covers really cute oh it is it is so cute (laughs) every single fucking thing about this book is cute yeah the cover like matches the description perfectly it's like the salmon-y pink color it's like kind of like cute like font color with like hearts on as the eyes and like it's It's adorable adorable and I think um because this author is also an author of color and um to make sure I specify right I brought up their twitter and from their, their bio or his bio lists as black Asian Latinx and or is it Latinx or Latinx Am I saying Latinx right? I believe so. Okay. And um, it's another one of those words where I read a lot, but I don't say. And so I always doubt if I say it correctly. That is how I, I have heard it used in the proper circles by by Latinx people. Okay. And that is how I've heard it used. So I'm pretty sure. Okay. But also I, I could If be wrong. I'm wrong, please, please let me know. Yeah. I will gladly take feedback on those topics. Well, and, and most topics, I will gladly take that feedback because I would rather know and be corrected. Mm-hmm then not know and and that's also wrong, something but. a good note to make though is that like i think latinx is the appropriate term over like saying like hispanic but also if someone identifies as cuban or mexican or puerto yes. rican um it's always better to use that yes versus, like the general latinx. i try to use what that person uses and so that's why since emily stated that i said that but i think one of the parts of that that I really like is that it's it actually influences the story which isn't I feel like is not that is exactly what usually happens with authors of colors authors of color but we're so used to reading um characters who are like basically who aren't white but they're written by white people that it's not actually important to their character it's just like who it just like is like a detail about them as opposed to like influencing who they are and um it's just like it's just a character is just wonderful and it you know there's comments about you know the character talks about like the food they eat and just the stuff that they like enjoy that is influenced by that and there's just like little anecdotal stuff in the story that you wouldn't that would never be present in a story about like written about like by a white person about mm-hmm. a character who is not white and like you know obviously it's you know obviously it's done well because this author is not a white author writing about right. non-white experiences this care that you can tell this author is using their own like influences into this and I think that's a very common trend of books I tend to really enjoy because like my other favorite authors who are like either young adult or middle reader like Jason Reynolds Mm -hmm. who's a black author who does who also is very who write who writes black stories who who I would argue for are for black kids like and he talks about how he writes stories for kids who didn't read and he wants to write stories like how he experienced you and same with um the author of Aristotle and Dante's Girl, The Secrets of the Universe, he is also a gay Mexican man, and he writes gay Mexican stories. Yeah. Well, not all of them, though. Aristotle and Dante, and also you could say that in the, his other book, Inexplicable Inexpl- Logic of My Life, those are very prevalent in right. that. And I think um, these authors are just writing things, like writing stories that 
are so beautiful and so special. And I'm really like, I'm really glad that they're being, these stories are now getting recognition. But then I'm also like, how come they're not getting more recognition? (laughs) Everybody should read these books. Everybody should be reading these books. And you know, there's, you know, and there's a lot to say about, you know, the racism and, you know, the racism, ableism, sexism, Mm -hmm. all of that, that goes into, um, you know, that goes into the publishing industry or the end or like filmmaking TV show, like all of those things Mm -hmm. are so ingrained into the white story and white experience that these authors, you know, have to like, people are like, if you know, it's that comment where people are like, how come no one's talking about this? I'm like, Oh, people are just the people you hang out with aren't. Yeah. And I think that the, that like, People are like, where are the trans stories? And I'm like, they're here. You they're just need here. to actually look at them and read them. Yeah. And not just look and read them, but also recommend them. Yes. Uplift yeah. them. Talk about them and show them to people. Because while... The, and, and and I'm not saying that in a way to be like, those stories are already being told. It's more of like a... Right. They, they are, are being told and we need more. We, we need, need more. so yeah. many I more. I think that's the big thing. Because like, as soon as you said that, I was like, it's so funny because I like... Both of us are out here, like, reading these books and, like, interacting with people who read these books. But at the same time, I come on here every week and I'm like, where are all the, where are they? Where are all the queer love stories? Where are all the female on female yeah. love triangles? Where are they? But then, because they're there, but also they're, there need to be more. And I think also they are happening at such a smaller percent than yeah. what, than stories, you know, that are, like, cisgender and white people or, like. Also, I think that it's, it's important to say like they're here but where are they being told exactly because like i interact with a lot of mainstream media and i know that um i don't think there's something anything inherently wrong with that but a lot of these stories are being told on not mainstream platforms where there isn't as much gatekeeping um and i think also and that's part of the problem when like you know it's if I feel like it's one of those things where, like, if you're aware they exist, they're a lot easier to find. Whereas if you don't, like, if you're not, lo- if someone doesn't go looking for those things mm-hmm. and they're only, you know, you know, like I said, you know, mainstream, what's in mainstream media versus what's in, like, you know, indie places or, like, I've seen a lot of conversations on, because I, f- I follow a weirdly large amount of, like, publishers and, like, indie publishers right. and people who are being published by those um, publishers and mm-hmm. things like that. And there there's a lot of just about the inequality that comes with, you know, what authors are getting paid for forwards for their books. Right. Or what authors and what stories are being picked up by the big, like, like random house or like Scholastic, you know, big, Mm -hmm. big publishers. What are they publishing? Yeah. Penguin. Yeah. What are they publishing? And what, cause they're the ones who are giving people, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for forwards for their books. Whereas, you know, these small authors are how are out there having to like work two jobs do and write a book and try to get published and do this all on their own Mm -hmm. where or like you know they have agents or they have people who are helping them but it's that is such a different story than someone who's being given you know like a hundred thousand dollars to write a book Mm -hmm. basically on good faith that they'll write a good book Mm -hmm. where it's like you know that there's such different things being told there and but off my tangent back to meet you diaries (laughs) everyone should fucking read it it is so incredibly cute it has been, it is just so thoroughly enjoyable and it's not like a super hard book. I, you know, though I am an adult reading a young adult book, Right. it's, I'm not like a, 
I think because I read so much, people think that I am a very, very strong reader. Right. I enjoy reading, but I don't, I'm not necessarily like the best at it. It is something that takes a lot of effort and a lot of yeah. challenge for me to do. And it takes a while, I think. Like, yeah. you'll be reading one book for a while. Yes, I'll read and I'll go through phases where I'll read like a, you know, a bunch of young adult books in a row because I find them so enjoyable and then I'll throw in like a Barbara King Soliver book, mm-hmm. which I also find very enjoyable. But those I usually read like I almost always have a Barbara King Solver book just, like, on the back burner that I'm slowly <laughs> reading. And then I have other books that I can, like, read faster that I right. really enjoy. But, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love young adult books so much. And then that's why I think also new adult books are so much, are so fun because they are so much more accessible. And they're so much more, um, in, in my opinion, they're so much more, like, I don't know, like, there isn't, like, so many, like, adult fiction books just seem... Like, there are some that are so well-written, obviously, you know, but there's so many that are very, like, oh, well, you have to know this, or you have to know that, right. or, like, or you need to know the whole history of the fucking universe to understand this story, where it's, like, yeah. so often... Oh, you don't speak Latin? Bye. Yeah, like, basically. There's <laughs> young adult books, like, are you ready to have a good time? Or, like, are you ready to have a bad time? Here you go. And they're, just, like, there's... You would just read one and have a good time. Like, there's right. And I feel like I'm having the best fucking time reading this story. I love and that. And I think that, um, I think the author has another book, I believe, coming out in 2022. And I'm like, I am ready. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I had a feeling that before I even, like, started ra- reading this book. So I was waiting to get it from the library for quite a while. Um, I had a feeling that I was like, I'm going to like this book. Because this author, and like, I vibe with this author and, like, what they're saying and the stuff and the conversations they're having and the stuff that they're, like, and the stuff that they're, sh- like, the stuff that I've seen because I've engaged with mm. with their content, yeah. all of it has been good. All of it has been so, like, I don't want to say, like, enjoyable, because it's, like, they that author, he's also saying stuff that is very thought-provoking. It's not oh, yeah. just, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really easy, you know, I'm like, no, like, it, the author's really made me think about you know, trans representation, like representations of, um, you know, the, you know, these characters who are not just like, you know, black, white, Asian. Mm-hmm. It is like, you know, excuse me. It's like this, these characters are like Asian and black. And like, you know, I think those are so interesting and such a good, you know, you know they're just perspectives I hadn't thought about. And I think, you know, part of me is like, oh, how come I hadn't thought about that? But then also I'm like, I am... And now, like... Like... Now that I am thinking about it, I really want to think about it. Yeah. And this author is doing such... Such cool things. On the... In the book, off the page, in real life, I'm like, I want to be friends with you. I want to hang out with you. (laughs) Let's do something together. Let's hang out. I'm sure I'm not cool enough for you. Um... And I would love to hang out with you and get to hear, like, all of your, like, backstory to writing these stories. Because mm-hmm. I think you're really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And I just cannot, like, recommend the, like, the Meet Cute Diaries enough. Like, right. it is so... At the same time... So sweet. We are not so going fun. to stalk authors that we love because they're people, too, and they deserve to have their yes. own lives. Don't stalk famous people. I've no. been very angry lately. Yeah, don't stalk famous people. It makes me very upset. I think that, you know, since we ran into Aiden Thomas, that was okay. Oh, that was so cool. Well, I will... And he was a sweetheart about it. And we're not going 
to stalk him. We d- I've, I actually mentioned it on the podcast episode with Melissa that will be coming in like two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we were talking about like people getting so obsessed with famous people. And I was like, like, I met Aiden Thomas and that was cool. And we had a great interaction and we tweeted about it afterwards. And he tweeted about it and it was great. She was like, yeah, but you didn't follow him home afterwards. I was like, yeah, no, literally, it's that simple. No. We didn't follow anybody home. No, we did not. Leave them alone. Let them live their lives. Do not stalk the coffee shops that they hang out at. Do not. Just Mm-mm. don't. No, don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do that. Unless they tell you to come see them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um. Uh. But yeah, um, and even then, like I was just watching Cat with Fish with your family last weekend, and uh, now I'm like paranoid about that. I it might not fish. even be them telling you to hang out with them. It might be someone catfishing you. People are terrible, guys. I'm not okay. Genesee had never seen the like most iconic episode of Catfish, and it yeah. was. You know, it was so funny oh yesterday when I was going through my old uh, Instagram post. I found one because I was cleaning that shit up because it was messy. Mm-hmm. I uh, I found one where I was hanging out with my best friend Stella in high school, and we were watching Catfish. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch, man. Uh, hilarious. I love her. Hilarious. Um, Anywho. Um, yes, yeah, so 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'm not, like, I haven't even finished the book, and I'm like, I can guarantee everyone's going to like it. It's so fun. It's We love. I, like, I can't even like quite put my, like, always put my finger on why it's so like goddamn enjoyable. Yeah. But I think it's like another point I want to make real quick about this, because I think that it's really important, is that it is a book about a queer person who is having a queer experience, mm-hmm. and it's not a... Um, it is not a story that is, like, sad. Right. It has a trans right. character who whose parents don't fucking hate them. Mm-hmm. Like, the character's brother is actively trying, because that's who the character is staying with. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents are moving from Florida to California, and during that transition for the summer, he's staying with his brother in Denver. Right. And so his brother is, like, there's this part, there's one little, like, cute part of it there's just this, a lot of really cute like little anecdotes between the between them as brothers mm-hmm. where you can tell the brother I feel like this this part was so realistic where the brother was like was like oh you know well it doesn't change anything about how I feel about you and then he's like but no 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 I know I mean like I do I, I acknowledge you know this it does change who you are like it changes <laughs> things but like the brother I was like that is the true moment <laughs> <laughs> of reality. Oh, I'm sure I'm gonna love where reading the, and that. Where, and where the brother was like, oh, and he and he was like, he's like, the, the, like Noah's like, no, I get it, it's fine. Like he's, he's like, I know what you mean. Like, because I think I think there, I feel like yeah, it was about because I think he was like, I don't remember exactly. I think he, I think there's a conversation about him being like, oh, I know that you're trans, but he's like, are he's like, I guess I never asked, are you like gay or like something like that? He's like kind of like that. He's like, who do you like or like mm-hmm. being like, who are you? Kind of being like, who are you attracted to? I never really asked. Like, I know that you're <laughs> you're trans, but what does the rest of, like? What do you like? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I was like, what one? What a great representation of sibling relationships. <laughs> what? A, but then also like that like panic of being like, I don't want to offend this oh, person yeah, who I care about, yeah. but I also like want to make sure they know I care. And I want to ask, but I don't oh want to like, like, but don't ask too much. It was like, I was like, I'm sure I'm going to love reading oh, that. It was as someone with like a trans sibling. Yeah. And, and it's I, it's going to be iconic. Yeah. And I, I just think that. this story has, there's so much joy in it. And mm-hmm. there's so much like where this, this truly is a story just about a trans person. Mm-hmm. You know, where that is obviously affecting how their life goes, but it, they're coming out stories like they're coming out 
quote story in this is them is that like more about them like coming out of the diary because mm-hmm. the reason this the spoiler alert i guess the reason that this guy volunteers to be the meat be his like boyfriend to prove the meat cute diary is real mm-hmm. is because he was reading it because his cousin is trans Aww. and he was reading it and recognized himself in the story and was like and then called him up and was like because he went there was a meet cute story where they had met like an ice cream shop and because the meet cute stories kind of were like inspired by real things and then um and then he goes to find a new job find a job while he's in denver and noah goes into a bookshop and he's there Mm. and so he does a follow meet cute being like oh the man from the ice cream store like oh blah 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 like and then the guy like calls him up because he had he went to get a job so he had given them a resume mm. and he called me he's like hey i got your number off the resume can you come can you come to the shop i want to talk to you and then he's just like and then he comes and he's like so you do write the meet you diary and just like clocks oh him for it. and he's like what <laughs> he's like, we love yeah and then yeah so it's like uh, yeah and so it's like it's just all these like i just love it because it's all these fun like you know like these tropes you know that like yeah are so seen for like white straight characters yeah. that I'm like, this is just so fun. You're I'm, like, you know, it's being told, you know, about like a trans character of color oh. that is, you know, where those things are very important to their story, yeah. but that's not their story. Yeah. Their story isn't that they're a tragic, like sad gay mm-hmm. who's being abused, who's having X, Y, and Z done to them who like they're out there having a good time mm-hmm. and the people around them see them and love them for who they are. Yeah. But then also it's very real for the fact of being like, sometimes that's a little bit like weird and messy, mm-hmm. but it's I'm like, Oh, I can't get over it. I, I can't. It. And I don't want to get over it. There's right. no reason I have to, I can keep feeling this way about this book where I'm going to be, I feel like just like 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, have you read me cute diary? <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you heard it here. Read Meet Cute Diaries. Yes. And I feel like we should do a follow-up podcast. When I read it? And I'll like, we'll like swap recommendations <gasps> where we each read the other idea. one. And then we go back and follow through and be like, idea. so yeah. I love it. Um, So let's close it up with Cemetery Boys, the book that Fuck was yeah. like, actually recommended to me, Aiden Thomas's f- debut book. Um. This is the book that is actually, like, more so written from Aiden Thomas's, um, like, personal experience. It was, like, what I went into, into the never, uh, what's it called? Lost in the Neverwoods, mm-hmm. um, expecting. Uh, it is a book about, um, a teenage trans boy, um, who it lives in L.A. And it's, it's actually, it's so interesting because, um, the... The book is about, like, his community of the Bruhux people um, who have, who are given um, basically, like, powers and abilities from Santa Muerta, who is uh, Lady Death, um, to basically do her work on Earth and help spirits pass on into the afterlife or to help heal people that are not supposed to move on just yet. Um, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and it's really, really cool because, um, something that Aiden Thomas talks about when he, when he's done interviews for the books is that, um, while the main character is Cuban, um, the communities, like the, the different families who are part of the Brujax people in, um, his, like, 
community and his community that uh, where they they practice together are from like all sorts of different um, countries and cultures like in addition to being Brujas. So you have like Mexican families, Haitian families, Colombian families, um, all part of this great bigger like Brujas community and practice. So the men, but it's, it's so interesting because in their community, um, the men are given certain powers and the women are given certain powers. Right. <gasps> and so I see where this is going. I know. <laughs> And so um, men are gifted with the ability to um, to help spirits move on into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. All people in their in their community can see and speak with spirits, right? Um, while they're on Earth, and then on Dia de los Muertos is when spirits that have passed on can come um, back for Day of the Dead mm-hmm. um, and be with their family. And so now in in um, in the book, the spirits that can come back are only the spirits of that community. So mm-hmm. only people in that in that lineage, I think. Um, I think that's that's how he explained it. Um, and so women are given the power to um, heal. And so the main character Yadriel is um, he's trans and and was so was born female and um, identifies as male mm-hmm. and um, so obviously as you clocked it babe there's a whole like part of this where um, his family believes that he needs to take on his role in the community mm-hmm. as a bruja. Which is, um, so they're, they're, they're the Brooks, Br- Bruce people. I always pronounce that fucking word wrong. I'm so sorry, Aiden Thomas. Um, and I've actually looked up how to pronounce that word and Google didn't help me. It was very frustrating. Uh. It's spelled B-R-U-J-X, um, is the, the kind of like gender neutral, yeah. um, spelling of it. Um, and then for women, it's bruja and men, it's brujo. Mm. And, um, so the bruja, they, they see him as a bruja, right? Um, because his, his family is a bit more like traditional and conservative and they are having a hard time, like accepting his gender because they just view him as, as what he was born as. And, um, he wants to be a part of his community. He loves his community and his culture. And it feels so connected to the traditions that they've passed down and that have been passed down to him. And he wants to be a brujo and he wants to be accepted into his community as a brujo. So the book starts out with him like secretly doing the ceremony to become a brujo and be accepted by, uh, by, uh, Santa Marta. It's, amazing oh my god it's amazing and the i'm pretty sure like the back cover the way it describes it is um (laughs) is like uh it talks about how he uh like performs the ceremony and then accidentally releases a spirit of his crush spirit of his crush it's a whole 
capital T time, guys. Um, and it's like it's it's so fascinating because like the story is like I mean it's him like trying like it's an identity story partially right trying to be accepted by his family and his community and wanting to take his place in his community um, as to what he knows it to be mm-hmm. and as to what Santa Muerta believes it to be. Um, and then it's also like a, a love story and like an adventure, like mystery story of where they're trying to solve like a mystery of like two murders. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's intense. Oh, it is amazing. Shit. And there's also like, I really appreciate it. Cause, um, I grew up a bit outside of LA. I grew up in Riverside, California, um, in a Mexican household and Mexican-American, I guess. Um, but one of my moms is Mexican. And so, like, we grew up um, celebrating Dia de los Muertos. And we grew up with a lot of um, different traditions. And it was it was something really interesting because I, I, rec- I grew up in a primarily Mexican community. And so reading books like this is so interesting because they're celebrating the same thing that I grew up with, right? They're celebrating Dia de los Muertos. But um, they're doing it from the perspective of different cultures. So, like, the main character is Cuban, and they, they highlight that celebration of Dia de los Muertos. But they're also recognizing, like, all sorts of different cultures that are also celebrating it in their community. So it's really interesting to see something that I grew up celebrating um, and seeing it celebrated in a different way. Um, and seeing it celebrated in, an, in a culture where it's so much a part of of their community mm-hmm. and their traditions because it uh, they're very much connected with death and mm-hmm. new life and it's a very big part of their spirituality and like while it was something that we celebrated each year it was definitely very different like it wasn't it wasn't nearly as much um it it wasn't as like big of a celebration in our mm-hmm. household like we went out and like celebrated it in like different like community celebrations but like we didn't put up the altars in our home and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, which is something that's something I've thought about, like, as I've gotten older of like, well, now that I'm not at home and like, I can't celebrate that with my, with Olga, with my stepmom, like, how can I, like, how, how does one celebrate that? Like, mm-hmm. anyway, that's a whole, a whole other thing, guys, that I won't unpack here. But, <laughs> but I think it's just, I really appreciate getting to see, um, like getting to read books like that and getting to see like a, a Cuban author writing about that experience and writing about like what it's like to come of age in that community around something that is such a a big part of their culture and their mm-hmm. community. I mean, like he's he's talking about yes, like coming out and and being accepted as a trans man, but he's also talking about um like what Dia de, de los Muertos means, mm-hmm. why it's important, why that has to do with his identity, why that has to do with his gender, like what, how all of those things are connected. Um, and I think that that's just so, so beautiful. Um, I've also like, I've talked about something similar with like on my block. Like I, I love that show because it, it talks also takes place in LA and it, it's a very like specific, um, type of culture I think with like Mexican culture specifically for Mm -hmm. in my experience being so like interwoven interwoven into like different parts of communities and um 
and just like in in Southern California mm-hmm. culture to me is very synonymous with Mexican culture, and I mean that's I mean that's what I grew up with. But mm-hmm. um, I find it very like comforting and beautiful when you have authors and artists like talking about that experience. And yeah. um, and Aiden Thomas is just a phenomenal writer, and I I just I love what he's doing. He's great. Hell yeah. Definitely read it. And I'm going to read it again around Dia, Dia yes. de los Muertos. 10 out of 10, recommend reading it. And 10 out of 10, yes. recommend running into Aiden Thomas at Thorns Games. Also, definitely follow him on, like, everything. His TikTok is hilarious. And he also goes to bookstores really frequently and goes he and does. signs their books. Yeah. He's amazing. Yes. Um, um, so, we... Because, yeah, we've done... We went and got one of his books from a, the um, from a Barnes & Noble that's... A couple Barnes and Nobles away from us because he had gone and signed books and we were having a, it was a weekend not long after my dad had passed. Maybe the weekend after, like, you know, almost, Im- I think immediately after my dad had passed, mm-hmm. um, we were having a, we yeah. can do whatever we want grieving day <laughs> and we both spent more money than we should have on things that we didn't really need, but I have yeah. negative five regrets. There's yeah. no, reg- I feel no good about regrets. that experience. Yeah, me too. And one of those things that actually originally got us out of the house was that Aiden Thomas had 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 gone to the Bridgeport location of Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. in um, Lake Oswego and had signed copies of Lost in the in the Neverland. Right? Was that the only one? Uh, was, no, was, no, it was Cemetery, Cemetery Boys. No, it was Cemetery Boys. I You're already right. had Lost in the Neverland. Yeah, because it was yeah. Cemetery Boys because we went and bought two copies, yeah. one for you and one for your brother. Yeah. And um, yeah, we went there and went and got them signed. And then recently, he I saw that he had gone and signed a bunch of. At yeah, Powell's. At Powell's. We need to go back to Powell's because I'm going to need another copy of Cemetery Boys. Yeah, we need to buy another one anyway. Um, so yeah, but yeah. yeah, we should go. And so if you're in the Portland area, check out his Instagram because he there might be signed stock in a bookstore near you. Yes. Woo. And um, but I think that also though brings to a good spot. Support your local trans or non-local. Just support your trans artists and creators. Yes. Buy their shit. Put your money where your fucking mouth is and Mm -hmm. buy their shit. And that's why, because, like, the copy of Meet Cute Diary I have is from the library. Yeah, we're going to buy it. Because I I do not have a lot of money right now. Yeah. Um, And we support our libraries, too. Yes, and I love libraries. (laughs) But literally, like, I think it was this morning, I was, like, walking in the kitchen, and I was like, babe, I need to buy a new copy of it. I want to buy a copy of this book because I know I'm going to want to reread it. Annabeth said, I want to buy another copy for Arrow, too, because I want him to read it. he's gonna need to read and um 100 yeah so um also like on the the line of uh supporting queer and trans uh creators i found a podcast earlier this week called it is complicated with two uh trans hosts josephine baird and dr j um and they talk about all sorts of different like topics they pick like a theme or a topic each week Mm -hmm. on something that's complicated and i actually found them because i was i wanted to listen to some podcasts to kind of brush up on my uh queer theory Mm -hmm. and so they did a whole episode on like queer theory is complicated and they have like allyship is complicated um, self-care is complicated coming out is complicated like all sorts of stuff like that and they're absolutely hilarious mm-hmm. um, I'm following them now and I'm going to be listening to them pretty regularly so if you're looking for yes. um, a fun informative podcast with a very engaging host definitely check out It Is Complicated yes. I have another recommendation as well for podcasts um, yes, yes. let me I want to make sure I get the name right even though I'm pretty sure I got it right the the 
the um, the Manic Episodes podcast. Yeah. It is um, the beautiful and talented Mary Lambert, <laughs> who I love. It's her podcast with her partner, Wyatt, mm. um, who... Um, and it's... I'll read their description. A podcast by Mary Lambert, and this is one chance fancy, because that's the... That's why it's Instagram um, mm-hmm. handle about bipolar disorder, queer relationships, and body love. We love and has and poems and farts. Is that's their <laughs> um, quote? And I've I listened it. to a chunk of their episode or a couple of their episodes. I'm uh, I used to listen to it, and then I got and then I've started getting back into it because I just have not been listening to I on I have not been taking to much media right. because I just have not been in a I've been doing a lot of staring into space. Yes. Post. Um, death of my father so um but they do episodes about all sorts of cool stuff and that's and um why it i don't want to say exactly what they identify as because i um but since i think since the podcast has started Mm. they've switched pronouns and switched things like that and he was on jeopardy oh very fun how peter on jeopardy and so i um yeah, 10 out of 10 recommend them. Hell yeah. They're really fucking cute and adorable, and love. I just love them. And they're so, I love that they're so in love. Like, that's one of my favorite things. Yes, that is the best. But so, um, yeah, support the trans creators in Do your it. life and out of your life and online and in Do person, it. everything. Give them your money um, and support them. And tell everybody, if you, can't, if you can't afford to buy things from them, share their content. Yes. Share their content. Yeah. Tell other people Recommend that you like it their to content. Recommend Put it on, um, put it on your social media. Hell yeah. Put it on your Instagram story. Tweet about yeah. it. Tell your friends about it in person. Tell your friends about it. Yeah. If you do have money, buy books. Donate their books. Put their books mm-hmm. in the hands of people who need it. Put them in. I loved when I worked in schools. Mm-hmm. I for I don't know. I don't say I forced my students to read it, but I made sure there you was lots made the of, opportunity available. And. But then sometimes I did force them to read stories I wanted <laughs> because I was in charge of picking what story they got to read. Ooh. But then I was actively trying to read diverse stories. Right. But so, yeah, put those books into the hands of people who can read them. I always am a supporter of putting them in, putting things like that into the hands and minds of children, teaching them, educating them. And these books are such great ways to help kids feel seen, understand, and just be comfortable in who they are yes. i wish i'd engaged in more queer media as a kid it wasn't as accessible when i was a child i and i did not know it was a thing or to find it yes and it, but i was also was a kid in the 90s and early 2000s so <laughs> yes. it was very different then but um yep do it just do, do it. it support support trans it. authors support trans creators support queer creators queer mm-hmm. authors if you enjoyed um, this podcast that- um please um Please Venmo your favorite trans person ten dollars. Yeah, uh, um, and follow these authors and artists that we talked about today. Follow Let's Get Bitchin' on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and and TikTok and the Instagram mm-hmm. and Patreon. We're on all the things. So thank follow you so much, things. and make sure to follow the hashtag for the. Yes. Um, I want to make sure I get the hashtag right. It is. I have it right here. I have it. Hashtag trans books 365. Follow that. Follow that hashtag. Look at that um, hashtag. Check it out. Yeah. Tweet your, post your recommendations, share your favorite trans stories. Yep. Do it. Do it. Uh, hope y'all have a wonderful week, a wonderful Monday, or at least like a not shitty one. Uh, stay bitchin' bitches. We love ya. Bye. Bye.